Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. We are New York, talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, New York? What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all social media. And welcome, welcome, welcome. I've been away from the microphone for probably about 30 hours, right? Because I have a Monday through Friday show here at Talk Radio 77 WABC sister station. That's uh, Talk Radio 107.1 WLIR, and you can hear that right at wabcradio.com, so make sure you go there for that, because we talk about lots of things, and today what we're going to talk about is how the Democrats have proven that their Marxist tactics are divisive and destructive. Now, we, the people, we have to prove that we can destroy Marxism at the ballot box. So much of what has been displayed by Democrats, as of late, has been death and destruction, sadly, it's taken residence on the left. And what I'm talking about is specifically all of the protests over the last few months that we saw, all of the, the not just the carnage, but also the destruction of the cities and businesses and so much just divisiveness and destruction that has become characteristic of Democrats, the progressive left, the radical progressive left, has taken over the Democrat Party, and they've left regular blue-collar JFK Democrats with very few options. And I think that's why, when I'm out there, and I bump into people, people who you would never think would be Trump people are Trump people. Probably one of the best examples of this is when we were having the George Floyd riots. And in Chicago, a friend of mine sent me an article from Chicago, and I talked about this at the time, but I want to bring it back because to me it's really important to note. If you've got a dude that I went to high school with that was a... I don't know how to phrase it. I guess uh, he was in a gang. And he tells me that there was a Latino gang out in Chicago that started working with the police during the George Floyd riots to fight against the BLM protesters. So think of this. Latin Kings joining forces with the police in the suburbs of Chicago to push back the radical extreme left. 
what does that tell you? Well, I mean, it tells me that, listen, while the Latin Kings and the cops may have to bump heads at time to time because they're not on the same page, they were on the same page when these guys were on top of bodegas, on top of restaurants, on top of supermarkets, doing what they had to do to protect their neighborhood, their vecinos' business, their neighbors' business. So I think we have a similar situation now. I want to know, where is AOC and her massive rallies? Why isn't AOC headlining rallies for Joe El Baboso Biden? I can tell you why. Because AOC, all-out crazy, all-out commie, she is totally in the tank for Bernie Sanders, not for Joe Biden. There's not enough enthusiasm amongst Democrats for Joe Biden. The only thing Joe Biden has going for him is that he's not Donald Trump. And that alone is enough for a Trump hater to vote for him. But guess what? And this is something I explained to my kid the other day. I said, you know, in the years that I've been a Republican, which is pretty much every year since I was 18 and old enough to vote, one thing I can tell you is that Republicans wake up early on election day to go vote. We do. We wake up that extra half hour early to, to get ready to go, to get to our polling location so that we can have our I voted sticker on before we get to the office. This is just tradition. You know why? Because we're those suckers that love the military, right? We're those idiots, as they say, that love America. We believe that if somebody put on a uniform, lost their life, and fought for this country so that we can have liberty, so we can have freedom, this independence that we gained from across the pond, from the motherland, if that, in fact, is worth anything to somebody, this is why... So many old Republicans and people criticize us. I say that, you know, we're the idiots and we're the fools because I say that facetiously. But the reality is so many of us take this seriously and we have pride in what we're doing. So with that being said, when you go to your polling location and you walk in and you see, you know, a handful of Korean War vets, Vietnam veterans, uh, you know, God willing, if you have a, a few... Um, World War II vets still around in your neighborhood, walking in with their with their hats that show that they served, some of them with a cane, others not. Proud as hell to be Americans, proud as hell to cast a vote because they were proud as hell to serve this country that they love. And when they walk in, they go and they vote and they do their thing. And that is, I can tell you something I've seen only on the Republican side. 4 o'clock, 4 p.m., that's when things get hectic for the Democrats. Handing out what they call 4 o'clock cards at, you know, train stations, bus, uh, excuse me, bus stops. And this is how I've seen elections in my years. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, I think Trump showed a real different side of things when he ran, where he had a lot of blue-collar workers that came out for him after work. And his election really took off after 4 o'clock similar to the Democrats. And that, in effect, is the point that I'm making. This long, convoluted, circuitous point that I'm making with the Latin kings in Chicago and the Democrats and the old veterans is that enthusiasm matters. Enthusiasm matters when there's an election because what is it going to take for you to get out of your bed 
and go and pull a lever for a candidate. Now, granted, in New Jersey, they have robbed us of our right to go vote. We have to do it via mail. You have to put it in an envelope and you drop it in a box or walk it into uh, the county clerk. Granted, I get that. But not everybody's a New Jerseyan. That's only eight and a half, nine million people. What about the rest of America that's able to vote? What about all the rest of the people that are going to be able to walk in and say, hmm, I get to vote today. Am I going to vote for Joe El Baboso Biden, who I know is guaranteeing me tax increases? Or am I going to vote for El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, knowing that he's already passed the tax cuts and will hopefully do some more? This isn't a race to perfection. This is about making the best choice for America and the best choice for oneself. And I believe putting America first is ideal and key. If we don't do that, we could end up with a guy like Joe Biden, who by his own admission may only be able to serve one term. Is that really what we want? I think most people realize, listen, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a conservative, I'm not this. These are the things that people are telling me. But one thing for sure, I'm voting for Trump. Because they realize their livelihood depends on it. The America that they've always known depends on it. So much of everything is riding on this election. And it transcends Trump. It transcends Biden. This is a very, very big deal. And quite frankly, whether you like Trump or not, you have to be honest with yourself. Um, I'm biased. I like Trump. I love the guy. I think he's terrific. But even if you don't, you've got to open up your eyes and say, what is it that Joe Biden could truly bring to the table when he spent nearly four decades in Congress and did what exactly? He passed a bill that he said he regrets. What is it that Joe Biden accomplished as vice president? Listen, if you don't like Vice Pence, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, that's okay. But when he walks away from this four years of the Trump administration, he's going to be able to stand tall, chest out, chin up, and say, you know what, I led the coronavirus task force. And he can be proud of that work. Some can criticize that work, but he did that work. What was it that Joe Biden did? I'd love to know. Give me a call, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I'm going to get into that. We're going to get into what Andrew Cuomo says about vaccines and a couple of other hot items. So keep it locked right there. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. All right, New York, welcome back. 1-800-848-9222. is our phone number. We're talking about elections. We're going to get into a little bit towards the uh, bottom of the hour. We're going to get into a little bit of the implications that Senator Ron Johnson mentioned on Fox News when asked about potential, uh, I guess, child pornography on this Hunter Biden laptop. 
I'm not uh, up to speed on all of those facts. But if you are, give me a call. I'd love to know. But I do want to get to some of your calls. Let's go to Richard in New York City. Richard, you're on with Rich Valdez. What's going on? Hey, Rich. How you doing, my brother? Doing great, man. What's up? Puerto Rican, a Puerto Rican from Queens, brother. Dale, I concur with you with everything you're saying, bro. I go with my wife at 7 o'clock in the morning during election time to cast my vote personally. Now, okay. are, are you are you a Republican? Yes, sir. Yeah. Conservative Republican. There you go. So this, Here's the proof, because I think people don't believe me when I say this. I've been doing this. This is like what I was taught. You know, I joined a Republican yes. club as a teenager. Next thing you know, they're like, no, you vote. You got to go. You got to be there to open the place up, 6 a.m. <laughs> Let me tell you something, my brother. Okay, I work in a lot of pool places back in the days, and mm-hmm. and I and I know how the system works. And let me tell you something, bro. People ain't gonna believe it. New York is in play for Trump. Okay, and for a lot of reasons, I have spoken to black, white, Hispanics, Jews, and they're so angry on this matter alone. They want to send a point to the mayor, and they want to send a point to the governor. And the only way they feel they could take out the frustration is voting a re- for the presidency of Republican just to send a message out. And let me tell you something. Don't be shocked if Trump wins New York because the Jews are coming out full force. You talk about over a million Jews that live in the tri-state area. They're angry with this governor. They're angry with the mayor. And they're taking the frustration now. And I've never seen a Jew. Jews always, always voted Democrat down the line. You're right. You know what? I've seen not only Jews. I've seen so many different ethnic groups go into their uh, story of why they're coming out. And you're right. This is going to be a referendum on so much of the radicals that are out there. Radicals like Cuomo. Radicals like de Blasio. Radicals like this woman in Michigan. You know, it's funny. They're saying that Biden is ahead. Biden's on top of his game. He's doing his thing. Meanwhile, I I just saw a report. I didn't get a chance to to print it out yet, but that Biden's campaign manager was in the Hill, I believe was quoted saying, the polls are inflated. The race is much closer than you think. So you have Biden's team rejecting the media narrative that he's up by 14, up by 11, all that nonsense. And they're saying, no, 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 don't take this for granted. This is this is a tooth and nail fight. And I, Richard is right. Uh, and big shout out to our friend Richard, Puerto Rican and Queens, for getting out to vote early. I think he's right. You're going to see a lot of people that are un, unlikely, is the word I'll use, unlikely allies of President Trump. They may not be in it for Trump. They're going to be in it against the left. So people think that it's the anti-Trump sentiment that's going to push Biden over the top. And I say, uh-uh, that's not the case. That's caca. The real deal here is there's more anti-Democrat sentiment, in my opinion. Just because I'm in New York, this is a blue state, one of the bluest in the country. I go to Jersey, another blue state. So while I'm in two blue states, all I do is happen to bump into people that want to tell me, listen, I've been a Democrat my whole life, union guy, I'm this, I'm that, I've never voted for a Republican, blah, 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 I'm black, I'm white, I'm this, I'm that. You name their background, I meet people from all over, and they're all saying the same thing. I'm going for Trump. This is out of control. This guy stands for nothing, and he's going to hurt America. So, I don't know, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, I'm not sure. Let's go to Joe in Astoria. What's going on, Joe? Hey, Rich, thank you for taking the call. Great show. Uh, Just a couple of quick points. 
I don't, I don't even think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a landslide for Trump. And there's quite a few reasons. There's a lot of people that are very, very alienated. Uh, I live in New York, and let me tell you, the Blasio and Colmar are a joke. But uh, I got, I got, wanted to bring up this point. If you're Christian, Catholic, Jewish, and you vote for this moron, you're an idiot. You need to have your head examined. They hate religion. Uh, they, it's just, it's ridiculous. And one other point, uh, I saw today an article on the AP News uh, Yahoo. It read something along the lines of. Uh, uh, freedom of speech support. Uh, uh, what do you call it? protesters attacked by their critics? Yep, attacked yep. by their critics. You're talking about an article where there was a free speech rally and people were physically attacked, right? By Antifa, but they won't say it was Antifa. So oh, it yeah. just goes to show you. Hey, look, Trump 2020 by a landslide. All the best. Thank you, brother. You know, and you're right. Uh, it's funny you said that. I was just shuffling papers because I have the article right here, and I was going to go to it next. So great job. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. A mob, check that, check this, the story out. A mob of Antifa assaulted a black man in San Francisco on Saturday afternoon. Philip Anderson is identified as the man who was assaulted in the video. He's a free speech advocate who runs an organization called Team Save America. According to their website, blah, 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 they beating up people against big tech censorship. Quote, our free speech rally and protest against Twitter and big tech on October 17th, that was yesterday, in San Francisco. The protest will be right in front of the Twitter headquarters and the rally will be at the United Nations Plaza, according to their website. So here's the, the interesting thing. Yeah, you're right. Yahoo News is going to leave out Antifa. This was a... Uh, a political commentary site, uh, the Post Millennial, really good info there, and they keep it real. They give you the same story, but they give it to you with the real facts, that this is Twitter silencing people and people getting up in the face of Twitter saying, stop silencing us, stop censoring us. And I agree with what Joe said. I do feel that there is a landslide make in the brewing because, again, this is really transcending Trump. These, these people have been so anti-Trump and and those that are, you know, been sounding the alarm for a long time, like the great one, Mark Levin, who said, these, these insults are not against Trump. They're against you. He's right. And people realize that now. They realize, man, if they'll go after Trump like this, they will be in your face in a heartbeat. You will not be allowed to pray the way you want to pray. You'll not be allowed to tweet the way you want to tweet. And we're seeing all the, the New York Post. Hello, <laughs> the New York Post is not allowed on Twitter. They literally have been locked out of their Twitter account for 72 hours. If this doesn't tell you what's in store for America, you're, you're bugging out. You're out of your mind if you don't see the writing on the wall. That fascistic, communistic, socialist sympathizers have co-opted a once decent political party. No longer decent, by the way. No longer decent. So, I think that this is an important point, but I want to keep going to your calls. Let's go to Zach and Montclair. Zach, what's on your mind? Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how uh, I've heard a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Joe Biden's policy, but I feel some type of moral obligation to vote for Joe Biden. The problem <laughs> with that argument, obviously, is if you look at his moral record, I mean, let's look at it. This is a man who has used racial slurs against black people on tape. He eulogized Robert Byrd. He was a friend of, of Strom Thurmond, who was a proud segregationist senator. 
You know, this is a, this is a guy whose son is doing illicit deals with the CCP who have who are rounding up Uyghur Muslims, putting them in internment camps. So it's very bizarre that I hear people openly admitting that they are not a fan of his policy, but yet they use the moral compass as their back. For, as the, you know, Zach, you said a lot. I mean, that's a whole show, what you just put out there. <laughs> you talked about the, the Uyghur Muslims and all, and this is all true. But you're, you're right. So we're saying, I don't like Trump because he's bad, orange man bad, as they say. He tweets too much. He's all sorts of things. Meanwhile, this other guy has blood on his hands. Unbelievable. You're, you're 100% right. I mean, you really unpacked a lot there. With, with all of that being said, it's really interesting to say that, you know, why are people coming up to these moral calculations? How do they get to this, this uh, epiphany? And the, the way they get there is because people have become dumber and stupider, if, if I can use those words. And I'm going to get to that in a minute because it's the media. And what we consume, that plays a big role in that. I'm Rich Valdez. Keep it locked right there. WABC New York. We are New York. Talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. The call screener, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. Thank you, great one. Gracias al great one. And yes... I am Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter and at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. That's Valdez with an S. And, you know, as a kid. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. I, um... I would hang out with my dad. My dad was my hero. I loved the, the old man. And we're Puerto Rican. And as you know, you know, there's, there's the, the two big rums in Puerto Rico are Doncu and Bacardi, right? Bacardi rum. And, you know, my dad, every now and again, it was Christmas time or whatever it was, he would have, you know, a shot of rum and he would do it with, like, my, my godfather. And he would be like, mira, mira, compay, un palito. And, and they would have un palito. In English, it translates to a little stick. But it's funnier in Spanish. And what's interesting is the, um, a, a friend of mine just came back from Puerto Rico and brought me palo ready. This is palo viejo. You know, it's a rum sangria that comes in like a juice box like a Capri Sun, <laughs> which is really cool. And it's palo ready, which is cool. So there's palitos now in little uh, juice box uh, type of drinks, which is really funny. I didn't think I would see that in my day, um, which I thought was cool. Now, speaking of Puerto Ricans, we're going to get to uh, Vivian uh, Rivera Zayas. She is a uh, fellow Puerto Rican, but she's also someone that we've had on the show before. And she runs an organization where they take it to Governor Cuomo. Now, speaking of Governor Cuomo, I just want to talk about this uh, new plan. He's got this 
aggressive plan to roll out vaccines. And they're not sure of how they're going to be rolling out 40 million vaccines here in the state of New York. But this is what what's planning, uh, currently being planned, I should say, with, quote, mass vaccination sites once COVID-19 vaccines become available through the federal government and vetted by the independent state panel that Governor Cuomo has impaneled. And this is news from today. So it's interesting. I saw this uh, come out in the New York Post. There's also questions around how they're going to distribute them, how they're going to get them, how are they going to be enforced, all of that stuff. Now, speaking of coronavirus, uh, I'd like your thoughts, first of all, on the coronavirus vaccine. Are you going to take it? Are you against it being mandated? Should it be mandated? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this vaccine uh, proposition. But in addition to this vaccine stuff, and speaking of Cuomo, and I mentioned Vivian, is that there's another article in the New York Post. I'm reading the newspaper, and I see that they did a demonstration where they opened up a casket, and they filled this casket with Governor Cuomo's book. Now, of course, Governor Cuomo's book is supposed to be on leadership, but people know that the only thing he led was so many elderly New Yorkers to their demise with his horrible policy commingling COVID-positive patients with elderly and vulnerable patients in the nursing home. So Vivian sadly lost her mom, and you've heard her story on this program. But I do want to get her on and squeeze her into the programming that we're doing now because I want to get, you know, from, um, from the source exactly what happened at this funeral for Governor Cuomo's book. So it was, please help me welcome uh, Vivian Rivera Zayas from Voices for Seniors, Welcome to This Is America. Thank you, Rich, for having me back. Oh, you bet. So tell us what happened. <laughs> well, today we had a mock funeral for the nursing home COVID-19 victims, and we fe- featured 6,500 pages, representing one for each senior that died, and we put it inside a casket in front of Cobble Hill in Brooklyn. And this event is the closest thing that many of us have had to an actual funeral. Yeah, you know, that's a damn shame. I, I was just speaking with a family member, like a former ex-family member, I guess I could say, um, that uh, told me that they were quarantining because of coronavirus. And we were talking about how sad it was for so many people that weren't able to have funerals when they lost their loved ones, like you and your sister experienced when you lost your mom. And mm-hmm. it, it just, it, it really, you know, it, we don't talk about these things often. I mean, I'm a talk radio guy, so I bring them up a little bit more often than most regular people, but I don't think regular people really talk about this, and if you don't talk about it, it doesn't evoke an, uh, an emotional response. So if we're not experiencing that actual stop and pause and think about losing a family member and not being able to be there with them, that's heavy duty. And this is what so many people were forced to go through for the sake of politics, in my opinion. And I just put that out there because this is something that you lived through that was very real for you, and you've decided to kind of fight back, and I love that. So uh, how did it end up with, you know, what was the turnout like, and did you achieve the goal that you were looking to achieve? We actually had a fantastic turnout, and the media, you know, we actually saw more of the media than we normally see, which is really amazing. But um, we need just to keep um, spreading uh, the message because Cuomo um, continues to dismiss us, and he dismissed loss and he takes no accountability for it so while he continues to take that attitude we're going to continue to fight 
I couldn't agree with you more. And Vivian, thank you for calling in with that update. We really appreciate it. It's always a You're pleasure welcome. to hear from thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care and God bless. So my question to all of the listeners out there in radio land is, is this how it should be? Is this, you know, should we be pushing back? I say, hell yeah. We need to push back and push back a lot. But what else do we need to do to not only just get accountability for this, but what are we going to do with this vaccine that the governor's suggesting that we take? There's so many things that are out there, and I'd really like to to get a, a good sense from, from you all. So I'm going to give you guys the phone number. It's 800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And let's go to Carol in Pompton Lakes. Carol, you're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, Rich. This is Carol. Hi. I have two questions. First is, how come on TV they have said, all the early voters are for Biden. My second question is, how can Biden say he would have done things better with COVID, but he keeps saying all the same things as Trump? Right. How can people even believe him when he says nothing different? Yeah, so There's I, no magic wand anywhere in the world if he looks across at numbers across the world. You're right. I think that... He constantly repeats what, you know, what would I do? And he says what Trump actually did. I think you're 100% right on that. Now, as for, with respect to the votes, I think being in New Jersey, uh, at least my screen says that you're calling from Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. Pompton Lakes, like the rest of New Jersey, is going to be Biden country, sadly. I mean, we want to make Monmouth County into Trump country, and, and hopefully there's more of that, and we'll see more of a revolt against the Democrats. But by and large, most of the solid, solid blue states are going to continue to be solid blue states. But I can tell you that I get to speak with a lot of people from all across America, and they constantly reiterate and reinforce to me that, no, they have voted for El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, because they're also voting early. So it's critical that we um, get out and vote. That's the key part, and that we bring our friends to the polls and we bring others to the polls because bringing other people to the polls is what it's all about. We have to make sure that there's voter turnout. So with that, I'm going to keep it moving because we need to wake voters up and get them going. Let's go to Annie in the Bronx. Annie, one of our favorites. How are you, Annie? What's going on? Hi, Rich. Thank you. I, I want to be quick. You know, you had a caller who, who said he gets up early, early in the morning with his wife to vote. He was so on the money with everything. You know, there's a passage in the Bible that to me encompasses the situation right now. It's, it's in Revelations, and it says, because thou art neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out. And what's happening is that President Trump is tapping into a vein that no one has done for a long time. And it's really specifically geared towards African Americans and, and Hispanic community who are very, very passionate people, along with a lot of people who, who live in the outskirts of the country. And he's tapping into that. And I, I disagree with that. It's a vote against um, uh, Trump or against Biden, almost as if President Trump is just a happenstance. No, mm -hmm. I believe people are really, really, truly voting for him. Oh, He's you know a what? And I just want to jump in. You're right. And that's kind of what I started with my opening comment, that people are, especially Republican voters, 
we get enthused about our candidates, right? We get so excited on election day to jump into it, to say, you know what, I'm going to go vote. Like, I, I don't just go and vote just because it's my civic duty. I get up and vote because, you know what, I'm enthused about a candidate. Now, there are times, like Mitt Romney, I'll admit it, I voted for Mitt Romney, knowing he would lose to Barack Obama. There was no enthusiasm for me. Donald Trump is not Mitt Romney. Donald Trump is that guy who, when he hears the media saying fake things, he tells them, you're fake news. How do you not love this guy? How do you not love somebody that calls them out time and time again? So absolutely, I think you're right. There is tons of enthusiasm for Trump. What my comment really was, was that the enthusiasm that you see for Biden is not really about Biden. The enthusiasm for Biden is simply anti-Trump. So I'm going to squeeze one more in because Trump is the law and order candidate. And let's go to line four, Carlos in Summit, New Jersey. And I think... Hello. Hey, how you doing, Carlos? What's on your mind? Hey, Richie, how you doing? Great. Okay, very quickly. Uh, The other day, I don't know why John Casamitinas, when he was talking with, I think, Durban Shea, the president and YPD commissioner, you know, he was kind of very soft with him. You know, he didn't really attack him. Listen... The system is terrible. You and de Blasio, you know, you defunded the police. Crime is really up. I mean, McShay says, I don't want to talk about politics. Well, I I honestly can't even comment on that because I didn't hear the interview that you're talking about. But I can tell you that earlier this week on Thursday, I was walking into work. I was on the E-train headed into the studio, and I bumped into, this is Curtis Schlewitt. And I bumped into Curtis on the train, and we were talking about a few things. And we walked up into uh, the building where our studio is. And as we were walking in, there were 20, 30 cops outside, uh, tons of retired cops, PBA guys, different union guys, different police benevolent association type of people. And it was because we were having our Back the Blue press conference. So I do believe that there is a sincere commitment uh, from not only from John Katsimatidis, who supports Law & Order as best I know, but as well as from this radio station to support the men and women in law enforcement. And I, it, what you're talking about kind of reminds me, and again, I didn't hear his interview with him, so I really couldn't comment on it. But I can say, I remember years ago when Bob Grant would have Al Sharpton on his show, and people would say, Hey, Mr. Grant, how come you're so tough with everybody on the phone? Get get off my phone, you skunk. Right? He would get so tough with so many different people he disagreed with, but he was always very respectful and extremely cordial with Al Sharpton. And people wanted him to get into the gutter and get downright nasty and, and you know, tussle with Sharpton. And, and Bob Grant would say that, you know, it doesn't do him any good to bring somebody in as a guest and then berate him because they won't come back and this and the other. So I think it, it has to do with, you know, your style. Uh, me personally, I don't invite guests on to for the sake of debate. I think when you're having a conversation with someone, it's for the sake of having a conversation. And I've always been that guy that says, listen, I don't like what the Democrats do, but I don't hate the Democrats. I hate progressive politics. I don't have a problem with people that disagree with me politically. I've always, I've always been the lone Republican almost everywhere I've been. So I think with that being said, I would also have a very um, cordial conversation with people. And if it becomes a debate, it can become a debate. That's fine. But I think there's no question that there's a disagreement. So to invite someone on your show and say, hey, look, 
um, you know, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? When that's already been asked and answered, I think is probably an exercise in futility. We're better off kind of getting together and talking about what we can agree on and how we can move forward in the spirit of unity, if any of that makes sense. But I appreciate your call, Carlito. Keep it locked right there. Our phone number is 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. And our phone number here, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. If you want to give a call, maybe Jenny from the Block will pay attention to the call screen instead of talking to Lydia Serrani during a live show. But that's actually happening. I can't believe it's happening, but it's happening. So, our phone number, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-WABC. I want to go to Cut 3. Cut 3 is Don Lemon on CNN Check this out. Were you surprised yeah. to hear uh, the former vice president say that he's going to have uh, uh, take a stance or give his position on this court packing before the people vote? I think that Joe Biden has been consistent about saying that that this is not the time right now to have this discussion. And frankly, to be honest with you, Don, and just to be very straightforward, if we're going to talk about court packing, which is something that all of a sudden has become a big point of discussion, I right. think because our the only reason I bring it up is because I want to. I actually but, think but, it is a distraction, and I, I just wanted to get you on the yeah. record. So, because maybe if you if you guys answer it you'll get it behind you and it doesn't become her emails. And that's up to the media too to not make but it I'm her not- emails. So speaking of distractions, that's what they're saying, that these emails are going to be distracting people. And what I find interesting here is that Don Lemon is saying, you know what, here's the deal. We shouldn't talk about this anymore because this is going to be exactly like Hillary's email and it's going to take away from the actual conversation. Hello, Don Limon, Mr. Limon, Don Limon. How does he not realize that that is the conversation? So many people voted for Donald Trump, the president, because of his list that was released on Supreme Court uh, appointees, the, the short list, the long list, all of that. So if we know that this is why people chose Trump and he now is putting someone in, it's clear that we want to know these things. So it's a totally legitimate question to ask Biden, what's your position on court packing? Especially when they ask him and he dodges it and she dodges it. So for Don Lemon to claim to be a journalist, but then go on to say that, you know what, we shouldn't be talking about this because it takes away from, takes away from what? The haterade that he's been sipping and the line of attack that he wants to have? Forgetting that there's actually different tangents of the conversation that people want to hear about. Just because people watch CNN doesn't mean that they're in the tank for CNN. So I think it's it's grossly irresponsible for Don Limon to sit there and suggest that we quash or, or eliminate 
uh, an entire piece of the conversation because it distracts from the line of attack that they want to have. But censorship from the media is nothing new. But it seems to be getting worse, and it seems to be on steroids. So let's go to Frank in Queens. Frank, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. I, I think we should ask Don Limon what his position on fudge packing is. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> you worked for uh, Project Veritas. I did. Uh, with James O'Keefe. Did you like that job? Well, did the good news really... is that you're not here to give me a job interview, Frank, so I appreciate it. But we were talking about censorship, and we were talking about the media. And if we can get to that, that would be nice. Let's go to, uh, I guess we can go to Paula in Teaneck. What's going on, Paula? Yes, hi. Um, I just wanted to uh, uh, comment uh, that the uh, Obama-Biden administration was um, uh, spoken about, that they were one of the most corrupt uh, administrations, but people didn't really feel it until right now when they see actually what Mr. Biden uh, is involved in. And my concern is, is that if this is going on now, what will it be afterwards if he is elected? Do you really want someone and all the people that he will choose for his cabinet to be, uh, you know, like him? Birds of a feather are flocking together. That's what it seems like. And I am very, very concerned for anyone getting a decent break anywhere. Well, you know, Paula, you're not the only one that's concerned Earlier today on Maria Bartiromo's show on uh, Fox Business, Senator Ron Johnson was asked a question about whether or not there had been uh, investigations to rumors that are circulating. That And these are rumors. These are unsubstantiated. I'm mentioning it because it was part of a news story on the Washington Examiner by Daniel Caitlin, the breaking news editor. And... The, there was, in fact, a, a notion of this saying that the, the FBI may have investigated whether there was child pornography on this laptop that's been circulating with Hunter Biden. I can't really dig too deep into it because this is the first I'm seeing this article. But you bring up this uh, idea that there's a history of corruption and that birds of a feather flock together. And it makes me wonder. There are so many th illicit things at play. And to me, the illicit things are things that typically happen in nefarious circles. So the question now becomes, are these people all together in these nefarious circles? I'm not sure. But I always say, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. So thank you for joining me. I am Rich Valdez. You've listened to This Is America Today on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'll be back next week. And check me out on Monday on WLIR. Take care. God bless. God bless.